Mum, what time was I born? Are you talking to one of those Astro Hoes again? Oh, okay. Settle down. Welcome to the Astro Hoes Podcast. Welcome to Astro Hoes Podcast. My name is Rebecca and I'm here with Luke. And we are going to be talking about the moon in astrology today. Um, basically our goal of creating this podcast is to allow people to reach their potential by understanding themselves better and the people around them as well, as well as their relationships with each other and how their energy affects, um, other people and, um, vice versa. So Luke, um, did you want to talk about the disclaimer? Yeah. So just wanted to mention something that I think everyone should know when they're studying astrology or just interested in looking at their horoscope. Just remember, you are unique and an individual. You are not your rising sun or moon <laughs> sign. Like, yes, you will heavily relate to your horoscope and the individual signs that your planets are in and angles, but don't be like a, like a slave to it or a victim to mm-hmm. it. Use them as a guide to live from the lower shadow self into the higher self. That way you can better understand yourself and those around you. So like use astrology as a tool, not as something that, oh, you know, oh, he's a Scorpio, that's why he's done this. Or I'm a Taurus, that's why I do such and such. Like, mm. Get away from that victimhood mentality and stay on track of using astrology in a healthy way. So yeah. Yeah. And I think people as well, you need to be consciously taking things in and critically evaluating them don't just take on board everything that somebody says when they mention a specific aspect or a sign just take what relates to you and disregard the rest um just like you would with everything and i guess we'll start by talking a little bit about some archetypes of the moon and how the moon um has been seen throughout history i think uh, we can start off by talking about how in the physical body we're made up of 70 to 75 percent water in the human body so um, we all know that the moon affects tides on earth so it's quite obvious that the moon would then have a certain effect on humans if it's um, pulling the tides of the oceans on earth and human bodies are made up of 75 percent water so it would have some sort of effect on us as humans as well so yeah the moon in astrology represents your soul or your personality your inner emotional needs and it can also represent the mother in astrology as well Um, whereas the sun represents the father and the spirit collective the holy spirit and like your your real personality is that what you would say as well yeah and just like to just make the difference between the sun and the moon. So like mm. Rebecca was mentioning, the sun represents the Holy Spirit, whereas the moon represents the soul. So think of the sun, like the Holy Spirit. It's a collective. It's something that we all feel. It's it's like the collective, whereas the soul, that's personal. That's something inside of you. So like the sun mm. is something more bright and out there, whereas the moon's more internal. And again, yeah, just furring on the, the tides of the moon. Like if the moon is that powerful, to move the oceans of this planet around then imagine how powerful it is when it's full when it's waning when it's a new moon 
how that's affecting your psyche and even how mm -hmm. your body is reacting to its environment. And yeah, so as well, just furthering on the um, on the sun being the father. So in, the, in each horoscope, the rule of the 10th house will generally be the father or Saturn or the sun or the in the or the moon will be the rule of the mum or the fourth house. So yeah, do you want to move into the more ancient times of the moon? Sure. Um, I guess the other thing that I wanted to comment on as well was just with the sun and the moon. So the sun um, depends on the moon to reflect its energy. So I guess the sun, your personality is relying on having those emotional needs met um, to then bring out your full personality um, it needs to have, so for example, you're an Aries moon, you need to have um, those Aries emotional needs met, you need to be first, you need to be direct, and you need to be, I guess, in control, um, and assertive, and you need to have those emotional needs met in order to have um, your Taurus sun personality shine through. Um, and then with um, the hidden self um, as well is something that I wanted to comment on. So the moon is that hidden self and it may not come through straight away when you meet somebody. So you might guess somebody's sun sign when you first meet them, but not guess their moon sign because that's the more hidden side of themselves that they're not going to show to just everybody straight away. Um, you may take some time before you get to see that person's moon sign really come out or really show um yeah did you yeah, the, the sun's like the <laughs> it's like the ego it's there it's bright it's you can see it so when you meet someone there their bright ego sun is right there you can guess their sun sign where it's exactly the middle the moon's mm. more the hidden self and just like every night you don't always see the moon sometimes the moon's underneath your vision of the night sky sometimes mm. you're going to see half the moon shining so the moon, as it hides in the sky, it hides inside of us as well. Whereas the sun mm. is just it's right out there. You can see it straight away. Yeah. yeah. So like, you know how the, the moon is a water archetype? We can talk a little bit about the difference between the three water archetypes in the zodiac. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So in the water archetypes in astrology, you've got Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces. So that's in that order as well, going around the zodiac. Cancer being the fourth sign, Scorpio being the eighth, and Pisces being the twelfth. So think of the conscious, the subconscious, and the collective conscious. In that order as well, Cancer represents the conscious, Scorpio, collective of uh, the subconscious, and Pisces, the collective conscious. So Cancer is more the the family. It's the family sign. So it's the culture, it's what's around you, your, your, your community, your state, your nation, your nationality. Your, you know, it's, that's the moon, that's the family, the first level. Whereas the Scorpion, the Scorpion archetype is the subconscious. So you're more true inner self, your deep psyche. Whereas the Pisces archetype is the collective conscious. So, you know, the divine spiritual world that we all connect to. So each mm -hmm. sign is the water archetype is assigned to each one of those those levels. And I just wanted to touch mm -hmm. something as well. In um, the ancient times, the moon was represented with half a circle. 
And um, it's just a, a school of thought. So Adam represented the sun and Eve represented the moon. And obviously the, in the Bible it says that um, Eve was made from the rib of Adam, hence the half a circle rib from the sun to get the full circle. Oh, but that's yeah. so interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. And um, yeah, did you want to keep going, Rebecca? Yeah, I'll talk a little bit about the theories that they have about the past life sun sign being your moon sign today. So a lot of astrologers believe that that what your last life sun sign was your is your current moon sign now. And we actually do choose our horoscope before we're born. Um, we choose our horoscope depending on what life lessons we want to learn in, in each life. And then we choose the energy, the sign that's going to help us best fulfill those lessons and best learn uh, what we want to learn. So um, they also believe that your um, North Node represents where you are currently going in life. So your North Node is a point of the moon it's not actually a planet it's just a point on of the moon in your horoscope same with the south node so the south node will be directly opposite your north node and your south node represents where you last came from so your it's usually where you were headed in a past life so a lot of the times um, people may find it hard to focus on their north node lessons because um, they're so focused still on their previous life goal, um, which is their South Node. So if you want to know where you're supposed to be going in this life and to, I guess, direct your life in a more um, straightforward kind of way, you would look at where your North Node sign is and then you would focus on that and you would focus away from your South Node. Do you have anything yeah. that you want to add? Yeah. So, yeah, so that's the school of thought that your, yeah, exactly, your sun sign today was your moon sign in your previous life. Mm. And um, with the North Node, we'll, we'll make a podcast specifically for this. Mm. Think about your North Node, what sign, what, what house it is in, sorry, where that's as something that you need to work on as well. Like it, it's, it's purposely in this life made it more difficult. For instance, I... Um, have my North Node in 11th house. So I've always found it a bit difficult. The 11th house represents, you know, friends, receiving love. And um, I've always found it difficult to fit in with groups. I've always found myself a bit weird and it's purposely made it hard. Whereas someone that has their North Node in the second house, the house of values, they might have, they might really struggle with self-worth issues. I know that's, they sound um, generic for like everyone, but it, it really does bring a focus. So that's one mm. indicator in a horoscope that you could work with is your north node in which house. And um, mm. and do you want to mention about the how cultures use the moon to keep track of time? Yeah, sure. So, well, um, with Chinese, um, the Chinese culture, they actually still use lunar calendars apparently. And I'm not sure about this either, so don't quote me on it. But I think as well, um, in the Jewish religion, they also go by the lunar calendar for their holidays and so forth, I think. Um, but in history, the moon has 
acted as a kind of cultural mirror. It's reflected our values and our beliefs back to us. And I think that in Western culture now, we kind of see the moon as like this romantic symbol. It's like very mysterious. We don't really know a lot about it. People are like, oh, did they actually land on the moon? I don't know. <laughs> like it's it, to me, it's very it's kind of secretive. I don't really know a lot about the moon. And then there's other cultures who who have like old stories written down where they didn't even have the moon mentioned and then all of a sudden the moon just appeared out of nowhere. Um, these are like some Indigenous cultures just tell people in their like stories that all of a sudden one day the moon just appeared in the sky. Um, I actually so, have heard that. Yeah. I, so I it's heard just that in stories very, that they, it wasn't always there and it one day appeared. Yeah. And then one day it just appeared. So it wasn't, it's, I feel like it's a very secretive kind of um, planet. And that to me really represents like the whole um, hidden aspect in your own chart. Like that's something that you really want to protect about yourself and you don't want to let people see that straight away. You need to kind of let them in first mm. before you just show people your emotional side. Um, and um, throughout history, the moon has been seen as um, a divine being in Roman mythology. She's represented by Diana, the virginal goddess of the hunt. So they used the light of the moon to hunt and Diana was worshipped as the goddess of the hunt. So she was represented with the moon. Um, and then Artemis was the Greek's version of Diana. So she was also um um, their version of the goddess of the hunt and then um, the moon throughout has also been interpreted as like god and also as a planet and then uh, lots of cultures have used it as a way to keep track of time um, yeah like that saying like many moons ago or next moon will yeah like they, they use those yeah. sayings that's how they, they track time mm -hmm. yeah yeah um, we also have it representing um its natural cycles and then also throughout history women used to like use it to keep track of their menstrual cycles and so on so it's very um we we have kind of evolved with the moon I feel and we've all we've all used the moon we, we've all looked up at the sky and like looked at how um the moon's always been there and felt that overwhelming energy of wow like this planet has literally been there forever and always like watched over us so I feel quite connected to the moon um and yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so That's something I'll probably I guess note. like if you if you're born in the day you you you'll it's kind of hard to explain something that I can only see but I can't really put it put it in words yet that when you're born in the day, you'll feel more of your sun's connected energy. Whereas sun. you're born at night, you feel more of your moon's energy. Do you feel like you're more connected to the sun than the moon? Yeah. I was born like middle of the day, 12, 20. Do you actually like, feel that way? Yeah. And I can see That's it too. So I can kind of pick when people are night or more or day people. It's hard to explain, do... but I can see it. I just have to, I haven't got the way to like mark it just yet. That's so interesting. We should look into this more. Yeah, we should definitely. like do like a survey. A what survey. time were you born? What time were you born? Which planet do you feel more connected to? And just see if there is a 
um, correlation. That would be quite yeah. interesting. Yeah, we um, should definitely. Let's do that. Um, and then, yeah, do you want to talk about what? I, I just want to that, rewind yeah. a little bit about what you're saying yeah. as well. The the moon representing our needs. So yeah, like it's it, in the horse in the um, style of astrology we'll, we've been learning lately, holistic astrology. That's what it really focuses on. The moon being the personality needs. The planets having their own individual needs, but the moon being the personality needs. And just to keep in mind, the moon travels the horoscope in about roughly like 30 days, four weeks. Mm -hmm. So it's always constantly going. Every 2.5 days, it changes signs. So you could be born in the same month as someone, the same zodiac sign, sun sign, but every two and a half days, that, that moon is changing. Yeah, it's the fastest moving planet in yeah, the exactly. whole astrology. Mm. And some of the notes that we've, words we've wrote down as notes to the moon, the mother, family, nation, culture, to need and to care, peace, tranquility, wisdom, mystery, the body parts, off the top of my head, it rules the breasts and the stomach. It's the ruler of the night sky. It's visible and invisible. It hides. And yeah, and... um. I think we've already gone through this. Um, it's the yin energy, the female. I know these words aren't really that positive, but it's just it's just really yeah, it's it's notes in astrology. Passive, cold, dark, and the f- feminine symbol. It rules Monday, so Moon Day. Uh, great Mother Goddess, and um, yeah, the Moon is like the anchor in this matrix. So it's like the it, your Moon sign really anchors you into this life like if you're new to astrology and you only discover your moon sign when you read a description you might not feel that's you 100 but over time as you become aware of it you'll you'll realize as you behave pay uh, pay attention to how you're reacting to things in life you realize like Mm. wow i really am my moon sign that really is who i am like that, Mm. that moon sign i would argue is probably the most powerful sign in astrology yeah, if you want to change your behavior, watch your reactions and really look at your moon sign. And mm. because I feel like your most shadow aspects and how you react instinctively is your moon sign in it, at its worst. Like Definitely. for me, like being a Leo moon, I find sometimes when I'm, I don't know how to put this, when I'm not feeling, I guess, comfortable or like the people that I love aren't giving me attention, that sounds bad, but it's true. Um, sometimes I will lash out. <laughs> sometimes I will lash out and then I'll be like, oh, wait, take a step back. Um, that's why, because I feel like I'm, I should be um, being respected or like, I really want that attention from this particular person, but I'm not getting it. So I will then lash out. And then I won't realize that that's what I'm doing until like an hour later. And then, yeah. So that's just, I guess something. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You should share something about your Virgo moon. (laughs) Yeah. So like, like you, you'll see as well a lot of your subconscious behaviors, which we know rules our actions 99% of the day. Mm-hmm. You'll see that it really relates to your moon sign. And um, yeah, me having a Virgo moon is like a dying need to be correct and be right and have everything 
structure and in time. If something slides, smalls out of like the routine, it's like, oh, I've got to like adjust. And yeah, <laughs> I'm always criticizing everything in my head. I might not say it, but in my head, I'm judging everything, criticizing. And it's not, not the healthiest way to be a Virgo moon, but it's, it's part of part of life. And, um, I like Virgo moons. Yeah. I'm literally surrounded by them at the moment. Yeah. Same with me with Leo Moon, so always attract you because seventh house being <laughs> Leo. Yeah. <laughs> Did you want to mention your little yeah. quote from Alan's? I, yeah. I, I think I don't know if I came up with this or if I read this. I, maybe I read this mm-hmm. or heard it on a podcast. Um, so think as think of the rising sign as the driver of the car, the moon sign as the car itself, and the sun sign as the fuel to the car. And um Vidius Valens, I'll mention what he has to say about the moon. He was a second century astrologer. He shaped a lot of the astrology we use today. And um, yeah, here's his notes. So he calls it the moon lit by the reflection of the sun's light and possessing a borrowed light in a nativity indicates man's life, body, the mother, conception, beauty, appearance, sight, living together, legitimate marriage, nurture, the older brother, housekeeping, the queen, the mistress of the house, possessions, fortune, the city, the assembly of the people, games, expenses, the household, voyages, travel and wanderings. The moon rules a part of the body as it follows the left eye, the stomach, the breast, the breath, the spleen, the dura matter, the marrow, and of materials that rules silver and glass. Yeah. That was interesting. That's a lot of things to rule over. Um, yeah. Well, if, if anyone's interested, Vidius Valens material is free online. If you just Google his name, his, <laughs> his works is literally, it's all free on PDFs. Yeah. But like, I guess there would be a lot of things that specific planets or signs would rule over because astrology literally covers everything in the entire world Mm. so like everything needs to be like needs to fit in into one part of astrology you know what I mean yeah for sure anything can be explained Mm. through astrology yeah (laughs) um so we wrote down a couple of um characteristics of the moon sign through different houses and um different signs so um your moon being in a house is going to bring on those same qualities as the placement. So your moon in the first house will also be very similar to having moon in Aries because Aries rules the first house. Um, So we're going to go through these and we'll just add things as we go. Um, So Aries moon their characteristics are um, they're a cardinal sign, so they're more proactive with their energy. Um, it's They're the types of people who will just do, they won't think before they act um, emotionally. Um, they are very assertive. They have a need for stimulation. They're very emotionally independent. They're very instinctive. Um, they're ruled by the god of war, so they are a little bit more aggressive than the rest of the moon signs. Would you say that's the case? Definitely. 
Yeah, I know a lot of Aries moons and they are very straightforward and direct and they don't care. Like they'll just say the first thing that comes to their heads. Um, They're strong. Yeah. Yeah. And they're very brave people as well, I feel. They have a need to be important and to be first. Um, In the first house, though, the moon's in the house of the self, so it will have similarities to an Aries moon. Um, They're more impatient um, and open with their emotions. They're very reactive. Um, Their emotions will show on their face because it is in the first house and planets that are touching the ascent ascendant will take on board those characteristics because the ascendant is what you look like um so the moon being in the first house you might take on um you might show your emotions on your face more clearly than um, a moon in a different placement would um they are quite sensitive and passionate because they do find it quite difficult to hide their emotions um they bring more of a focus to their emotional needs as well. I feel, is there anything that you want to add? Yeah. So like Aries being the first sign of Zodiac, the first house, obviously the first house of all as well. So it's like, here I am world. I'm here now. I'm ready to explore. Mm. I'm ready to take it on. So it's like Aries, Aries moon or the first house moon. It's just like, boom, I'm here world. I'm ready to take you on. I want to take the lead. So like I, yeah. I, I find that a lot of, which is good for a first house moon, those people this is what they need to do or suggest what they need to do. And I do find people that I know around me with first house moon is they work for themselves. Wherever they, I've heard of being Uber drivers, PTs, they're in their own business. It's just, they always want to be the person that's number one where they're leading the show. They're leading their life, which is very Aryan in first house. Mm. And um, do you want to move any, do you want to move on to Taurus or do you want to do anything? Yeah, I think Taurus. Yeah. Taurus. So the next is obviously the second sign of Zodiac, which is Taurus. And we speak about the Taurus moon and the second house moon. So Taurus is fixed. It's a fixed sign. So think of cardinal energy. It's more like get out there and make things happen. Whereas fixed energy is more like we'll stay on this. Like cardinal will come up with the idea and get it cranking. The fixed sign will stay stubborn, stay on it. And the, oh my God, losing my, my data at the moment. And the, What's the third mutable? one? Sorry? sorry? The mutable sign. Yes, sorry. Mutable. Had a blank descent. The mutable signs will be the ones that will just be like, no, nah, let's, let's start all over again. Let's change all of that. So Taurus moon is a fixed sign. That's that, that more stubborn energy. It's an earth sign. And think of the Taurus as the bull. So it's very, very thick, very strong, very heavy. It's an earth sign. It's planted in the earth. It's very firm on its, you know, its beliefs and its, its um, thought patterns and its, yeah. So um, they look for comfort. The Taurus moon will look for comfort, security, values, self-worth, consistent, can be lazy, but once committed, very consistent, emotional security, self-worth attached to material wealth, stubborn, need to keep things as they are or make them as one thinks they should be. So yeah, a a Taurus moon, once their idea, their ideal is, they need to make things as they think they should be and keep them the way they are. So for instance, if you're dating someone that has a Taurus moon and you want to change things up dramatically, like, I don't know, maybe new states or just something really out of the ordinary, that they are the most likely to be, not all of them, because some might be very open, but they're the type of people that would be very stubborn to not change. Or if they were fixed on a goal, 
they were just and they got moving. That's it. They're going to make it happen. They're just going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Mm. Don't spring ideas on them all at once. Like give them some time. Yeah, lube, lube it up. Like be gentle. Yeah. Give them some foreplay first before you just jam them with the idea. <laughs> um, yeah. So the, the second house moon. So if the house was sitting in the second house. They would focus more on, more on material security to ensure emotional satisfaction. Need for financial security. Emotional security comes from physical security. May overspend, indulge to make oneself feel better in emotional times. Emotions tied in directly with the self-esteem, self-worth. Need to maintain an organized home to maintain happiness and aesthetic focus. So Taurus is ruled by Venus. So Venus deals with all things pretty, relationships, and a Taurus moon or second house moon would like to have their environment, their home nice and pretty. So you find women with a second house moon or Taurus moon, they have good, you know, a good sense of style. They always have their makeup done and things like that. Like I, I like to think if you're listening and you're from Sydney, that Sydney has a very Taurus, Taurus, um, like a Taurus aspect to it. It's very like, we're a lot about the look and you know, having a hair done and the lips and the makeup. So think, mm, think of Taurus as making everything look pretty. And mm. um, yeah, do you want to further yeah. the Taurus? Yeah, like Taurus moons as well. I was reading something about it the other day. They, um, because they are ruled by Venus, um, they feel the need to explore everything through their senses. So they're very sensual people as well they're the the kinds of people who really like cooking they love um i know so many tourists yeah so many tourists cooking food they love food (laughs) yeah well i'm a i'm a second house moon and i love cooking and i i know a couple of other tourist moons who love um planting like they love gardening and they love using those herbs that they they've planted and made in their cooking I know so many <laughs> Taurus moons. They're just like obsessed with it because they they like raise it from like a tiny little plant and they then they can like take care of it over time and then eventually then they can use it. Like the plants look nice on their balcony and then they use it in their cooking and then they eat the food and like there's like lots of different senses that they're getting that are being able to be used throughout that process. So I feel yeah. Yeah, and then they they are also the kinds of people that love um, smell, like anything that smells good, like incense or cologne. They're very focused on that as well. Um, yeah, that's all I wanted to add for that. <laughs> How could I forget food? The Taurus moon. Yeah. Oh, uh, Taurian people that they can cook. Like you, you, yeah. you being one, you're a very good cook. <laughs> Can't you. Like that. Did you want to do Gemini? Yeah, I'll do Gemini. So Gemini moon, um, that's mutable energy. So they're the types of people who will change things up quite quickly. Very diverse people, flexible. Um, they are the types of people that you can just spring your like spontaneous plans on. They'll go with it. They don't care. Um, they'll probably have a really good time if you do um, just decide to do something last minute with them. They're very good at communicating. They're very witty, good with words and numbers. They can be a little bit anxious with um, all of that Gemini energy though, um, just because their thoughts kind of constantly going through their heads. Um, 
So they may struggle with that a little bit. They are quite good at sharing information with people. They may gossip a little bit um, because they do enjoy making those connections with other people. They may just accidentally say something that they didn't mean to say that they didn't realize was gossiping. Um, They are very social. They're very bright, inquisitive people, and they're very clever and they like to be informed about the world and the people and the relationships around them. Um, A third house moon, they have a need to know everything um, because it is in the house of stimulation and the mind. They can struggle a little bit with anxiety um, and racing thoughts. They may rationalize their emotions because it is in a detached kind of third house sign. So they may think through their emotions instead of feeling through them. Um, Yeah, because like air kind of air aspects in water house like in a water planet or a water house isn't um, at home. Like air and water don't really mix too well, but um, they may just struggle a little bit with that aspect. They may just rationalize their emotions instead of feeling through them. Um, But on the other hand, they may be quite witty and good with words as well. So did you want to add something about that? Yeah, um, Gemini Moon is definitely, they're, 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 good, they're so good at communicating. They're the type of the Gemini energy and Gemini Moon, like, they're good to have at the dinner party because they just keep the conversation going. Mm. They just have a good chat. They've they, they got good memories, so they'll bring up good times or even the bad times that you can all laugh about now. And, yeah, so, like, the Gemini Moon, what Rebecca was saying as well, like, how they air, like, whether the you have an air fire or water sign in the moon, it's that, that is correct. Like they'll use more logic to feel through, the, like to get through their emotions, whereas the water will be more emotional, and yeah, even the fire will be more emotional, and, and the earth will be more logical itself as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> you want to move into the, the Cancer Moon, or you want me to Cancer Moon? Yeah, you can. Yep. So the Cancer Moon back to Cardinal again. It's Cardinal energy, so it's mm-hmm. making things happen. It's proactive. And it's generate it's energy generated from emotions. Obviously, the moon rules cancer, so it's at home here. And just some notes we wrote. So it's in the water, it's home, it's emotional, intuition, family orientated, nurturer, driven by emotion, sensitive. It's a home castle, need to be emotionally secure, mother energy, parental energy, nurturing, nurturing energy in general. So yeah, so the this is, it suggests having your moon in cancer suggests that you need to have your emotions secure. So if you're at work and you need to feel at home there and feel like everyone's you're emotionally safe, even with your friendships, that, that's the aim that's suggested with having a cancer moon. That's the main focus, having your emotions secure. And that way you could be yourself, be comfortable, and you can create every like a kind of like a home wherever you are, whether it's at work, wherever it's hanging out with your friends, you, you bring that yeah. home of energy. And you will yeah. find that like males that have like a cancer moon, that they tend to be really close with their mothers or even, even a mm-hmm. female as well. Like that, because they being having the moon sign in cancer ruled by the mother, the mother sign, like they, they tend to be really tight with their mothers. And um, the fourth house moon. So having your moon sit in the fourth house, like they're have again, the home life is very important to them and affects individuals in even negative or positive ways. So depending how your moon 
is being aspected by other planets and how you've evolved throughout your life will determine how you are with a Cancer moon or a fourth house moon, like how you deal with your emotions. So if you're someone that's maybe had a bit of a traumatic life, but you've grown and worked through those emotions, you might bring to this world very beautiful, strong energy that you can mentor and guide people and be a healer. Whereas if you're someone with a fourth house or Cancer moon that's hard aspected and have gone through trauma, but haven't worked through it, you might mm. struggle a lot with your family life and the way you deal with your emotions. It might be a bit depressing. And um, mm. people, yeah, so they, these people tend to be strong identification with their ancestors. Again, yeah, healers, the type of people that you go to for emotional support, like the, the Cancer Moon or Fourth House Moon, they're like the, mm. that go-to friend that you can sit there and have a chat and talk about your emotions because, you know, they're going to understand you. And, um, yeah. Do you want to further sure. that, Beck? Yeah, I've known people who have positive um, moon aspects in their fourth house or cancer moons who have, I guess, had um, really good relationships with their parents and then especially with their mothers. Um, and then they've been able to be be healers in like their relationships with other people. And um, there's a really strong correlation between that like people with positive aspects in their chart and positive relationships with their mothers. And then those who don't have um, good aspects between their moon um, seem to have not the best relationships with their mother or have had difficult experiences with their mother and haven't had that strong of a connection with her, have then throughout their life had to... um, then I guess they would take it out on the people around them and not in the best way. And they may project their, that same relationship where they didn't get their needs met from their mother onto their relationships with others. So um, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're doomed. There's always a way for you to work through those issues. And then because you do have the moon in the fourth house or the a cancer moon, you do have the potential to become a healer. Like you were saying before, Luke, um, I do feel that these people do have a very healing energy about them. Um, As someone who's had lots of experiences with people with this aspect, I myself feel that they have been able to help me through my own um, situations and experiences because I've always had that support person to go and speak to. Um, Yeah, I love Cancer Moons. They're very nice people. (laughs) Yeah, they're beautiful. Yeah. Um, Leo moons. Okay. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Leo moons are, um, a fixed energy. So they are very stubborn. Um, because fixed energy is all about sticking with things until, um, they complete it. Um, they're stubborn. They don't want to give up easy. Um, Leo moons have a need to be respected, loved and honored. Um, they're very expressive and they love to have fun. Um, they do have leadership qualities. They also like the spotlight um, within their immediate family and friends group. Um, the people that they're comfortable with, they love having their attention. Um, they may not be so much focused on being the center of attention in a massive group of people, because like we said before, um, your emotion your moon sign is your emotional side and that may not be the the side that you're willing to show people straight away. Um, 
And then with a fifth house moon, um, which is ruled by Leo, um, your fifth house is the house of romance and love given to others. So the moon there would be a focus on giving love freely to other people um, because the fifth house also rules children. Um, you may be quite good with children and creativity. Um, you may be a performer or focusing on more creative pursuits and on expressing yourself as a person. Um, do you want to talk a bit more about that? Yeah, the, even the Leo moon, like it's the type of people you want to have at a party as well. Like the, the cancer moon is more like someone you want to sit down. Not that they wouldn't be fun at the party, just they're the type of person that you could sit with and have a deep They would be. They would be sitting with the dog or the cat, patting the dog or the cat, yeah. and you'd go Leo, and sit Leo them. moon would be yeah. like, I'm here, hey, everyone. <laughs> now always, the party can start. <laughs> yeah, they're always good fun. And um, yeah. they're very, very emotional for a fire sign, having Leo there. They, they are still very emotional that mm. I find. Yeah, it's, it's a strong placement as well. <laughs> they're just very expressive. Like we have a lot of emotions and we don't want to hide those emotions, so we just kind of let them out as soon as we feel them. <laughs> like... I feel like fire signs are very emotional, just as emotional as water signs, just yeah, in a so different kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Virgo moons? Yeah, definitely. Since you got it's, one. It's one. <laughs> so yeah, the Virgo moon, it's immutable. So again, they can switch things up really quickly and change the course of direction. It's an earth sign. So it's planted in, in, um, so the, the Virgo moon, it, they need to you know, keep improving, be practical, be practical, constantly discriminating so that you know improve things, net, net picking, wanting to be right. So that's, I find, being one of the biggest things in my life that I need to be correct. When I'm debating people, when I'm trying to work something out, I just want to be correct. And I'll do anything, anything to be correct. Um, we do well with schedules. I do find if you're a Virgo moon, you don't have a routine. It's horrible. I know routine's good for anyone in the world, but especially a Virgo moon, it's important. So <laughs> well, that Virgo... they rule the sixth house, so sixth house is very routine. Exactly. Schedule. Yeah. And um, service to others. So Virgo in the sixth house, it, it, it's a service to others. Um, you know, organization, a keen eye for detail. They need to have, need to be correct, opinionated, exact, insightful. What we didn't mention is Gemini's moon uh, ruled by Mercury. And so is Virgo. They're both ruled by Mercury and Mercury generally rules communications. The Gemini is much more talkative. They, they got the communication side of the speaking, whereas the Virgo, the Virgo sign is more of the writing communicator. And um, yeah, and obviously the sun is ruled by the sun, Cancer is ruled by the moon. Don't know if we mentioned that, just putting it out there. And if mm. someone has a six house moon, Again, they have a personality need that suggests they need to be a service to others, health being important to them, a focus on one day's routine, strong work ethic, and they seek emotional fulfillment through being of service to others. So yeah, you'll find people that you meet that have a six house moon. They usually are, they, they grind that work. They put in the extra hard yards and make sure things are done. And um, yeah, did you want to say anything else about us, Virgo moons? I think they're just very observant. Like, I feel like they're the kinds of people that are going to notice if you got a new haircut or dyed your hair. Mm, not everyone else may notice that, but 
the Virgo moon will. They're very um, observant and they will give you their full attention when you're in a conversation with them. That's what I've noticed because they want to take in everything that you're saying and then make sure that they formulate an opinion to what you're saying to them. Um, they're very good to talk to, I feel. If you want advice as well, they're very good at, at, at giving advice, just in my Thank personal you. experience. Yeah. Thank <laughs> <you>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on to the Libra moon. Um, so Libra moons are cardinal placement. Um, they are also more proactive with the energy that's generated from emotions, so they're more likely to actively go out and start things. Um, they are balanced or they try to be balanced. If they're not balanced, um, that may throw things out for them because that is a major focus for, for them. Um, is that what you would say as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, um, they're very like, yeah, they, they need to be appreciated. Like you, you'll find like a Libra moon would get upset if one of the, someone in like their, their team at work doesn't really get along with them. Like it's, it's just like important for them to be like that. Yeah. Uh, important that's important popular among like everyone. Them. That's a peacekeeper yeah. and no drama mm. and just, yeah. Yeah, I feel like they also are quite aesthetic. It's not mentioned in our notes, but I feel like they are quite aesthetic. And I know a couple of Libra moons, and if they get their eyelashes done or something like that and you don't notice, like they're the kinds of people who will be like, oh, I like your dress and expect you to compliment them back. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's just something I've noticed myself. Um they are they like to be popular they like to be stylish they like to be aesthetic they like to be um charming and intelligent they are people pleasing they have a need to be fair and attractive and popular as well um ruled by venus so again making, yeah. things, making the world look pretty and making yourself look pretty they're, yeah they are very intelligent they are witty again on yeah. <laughs> just to confirm like they're not just aesthetic focused they have more like they do have brains as well um, yeah definitely just... very intelligent any any air sign is intelligent it's, it's kind of yeah. intelligent yeah and they, they they libra being the scale they're, they're more as well like keeping things fair in the world and then, mm. and then yeah. the seventh house moon i think there's more of a focus there on relationships um because it is in the seventh house and the seventh house rules relationships so they may gain their emotional satisfaction through how popular they are and how many relationships they have with people um they are sociable very sociable they do rely on those relationships with others to um get that emotional fulfillment um they are searching for their soulmate or their perfect partner they are also good with their business partnerships and they are fair and just um do you have something to say about that yeah so they yeah exactly they do well business relationships mm. you know they'll do well working with things of the law obviously seven house and libra ruling the scales yeah and yeah they are someone that takes in a, like a very important role in themselves to be the perfect partner definitely agree mm. with that do you know anyone with a seventh house moon i argue that my house is my moon's in the eighth house because it's like one degree away from the cusp of the eighth mm. but off the top of my head 
I'm the only one I can think of for the seven house moon. Mm. If if you want to mark it as that. No. Yeah, I mark as eighth house. Yeah, you're more of an eighth house moon. Sorry. (laughs) Okay, you want to talk about Scorpio? Yeah, for sure. So next in the zodiac signs, Scorpio, the Scorpio moon. It's fixed energy again. It's ruled by water, and it's ruled by none other than Pluto, and also co-ruled by Mars. So this Scorpio moon, I I find these people they're like they're very deep and kind of dark and mysterious. Like obviously that scorpion, the, the moon itself is already hidden in the sky and it's already hidden in the personality. Whereas, and then mm. adding a Scorpio into that mix, it's just like these people, I know you look at them, you can kind of sense there's more happening behind what you can you can see or what they're saying. It's kind of like a psychic quality they have. And mm. Not all Scorpio moons, but a lot of Scorpio moons I find majority of them always in black they're always in black mm. and um, they definitely need they have they suggest they need to be in control whether that be at work things that need to be like in control of the situations they're just someone that needs to have that sense of security of being in control of what's happening in their life or the situations around them and they need to be considered suggest they need to be considered as deep and significant Mm. or emotionally deep they're very very emotionally deep they're always analyzing and introspective they want to understand but not be uncovered so they're very secretive about how they're feeling deep inside but they want to know what's happening around them and yeah so the the eighth do you want to expand on the scorpio moon um just something that i've noticed quickly is with the scorpio moons i know they don't want you to uncover them fully but they want you, they want to feel like you understand them, but they don't want you to like uncover them like you would with a Scorpio, like a a scorpion, sorry. Like a scorpion wants you to see that it's there and notice that it's um, scary or powerful can bite you. It can be poisonous, but um, it doesn't want to, feel like you're threatening it or backing it into a corner by revealing too much, if that makes sense. Mm. I feel like Scorpio moons just want to feel like you understand them, but you're not going to go into detail about how you understand them, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, yeah. and being ruled like Scorpion, being ruled by Pluto, the transformer, the destroyer, I find people that when they are stable with a Scorpio moon, they, they do have control of that power. They generally are very positive and powerful in their life. Like they can do, they can be very, very effective and mm. have an effect around the people around them. Like they're just really strong. But whereas people that have a Scorpio moon that haven't had the best life and aren't dealing with their emotions that well, they can be fairly destructive with a Scorpio moon. So mm. I think if you're listening to this and you've got a Scorpio moon, don't feel like, oh, I'm one of them. Like, I need to, like, I might be destructive. Blah, blah, blah. Don't, don't get caught in that thought trap. It's just something that I've noticed. And um, moving into having an eighth house moon, again, it's similar to having a Scorpio moon. They're very mysterious. There's like a focus on the occult, healing, esoteric topics, fascinated with the dark side of life, understanding death, life cycle, mature focus, dark, sexual, and intense. So, like, the, the me being an eighth house moon, or argue being on the cast, 
that yeah, I am very focused on the healing and dark side of life, like the kind of like the you know like the 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 cold, the magic, the you know maybe like more ancient knowledge and fascinated by death, very fascinated mm-hmm. by death and the cycle of life. And yeah, do you want? To I feel like this? they're very um, resilient people, and I would call them alchemists. Mm. You have that. <laughs> eighth house moons eighth house moons are like very resilient people and they have that alchemical ability so i would say that if you have an eighth house moon to harness that definitely, yeah. definitely. okay moving into saggy moons so sagittarius moons um they're mm-hmm. mutable energy they're fire signs um so again they're more spontaneous and able to be flexible and just change things up on the spot. Um, they are kind of similar to Virgo moons in that they need to have their opinions respected as well. Um, they're very curious people and they like to challenge the status quo and they like to play devil's advocate advocate quite often. So if you just give your opinion of something they will take the opposite just to understand why you think a certain way and to make you understand why you think that, if that makes sense. So they'll go into your head and understand why you have that opinion. And then they may target that idea that you have or that you've built your foundation on because they want to help you understand how you came to that current thinking if that makes sense because they are ruled by Sagittarius energy which is ruled by Jupiter Jupiter is that philosophical kind of energy so they want to provide you with wisdom that's how I kind of see Sagittarius energy anyway um they are they can also be that kind of Peter Pan energy where where they don't ever want to grow up um They have a focus on travel and learning about other cultures and philosophies of life and religion. Um, They dislike restriction and they value their freedom quite a lot. Um, And then you have the ninth house moon, um, which is that teacher, lawyer energy, religion focused. Um, They are truth seekers and um, they get emotional fulfillment through a constant pursuit of personal and spiritual knowledge seeking. Um, did you want to add something about those? I think you covered it very well and covered everything. But yeah, the, the Sag <laughs> Moon, they they definitely like traveling, whether it's even like just traveling within the state or their own country or traveling overseas, mm-hmm. it's definitely something that's they should explore because it's something that would soothe their moon a lot. And they are very mm. philosophical and yeah. yeah, so traveling physically or mentally. Definitely. Or mentally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah. do you want to go any more or we to move into Capricorn? I think we can move on. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, next in the zodiac sign is Capricorn. So having the moon in Capricorn, again, it's this cardinal energy, so it's proactive and yeah, it's, it's out there making things happen. Suggest that the needs to make things happen. A Capricorn moon, think about the Capricorn energy, it's that boss, that, that's you know, the management, the worker. So <laughs> having your moon sign in that Capricorn sign 
it suggests that you know you you need to like constantly be making things happen, keep moving forward, you know, to take on working responsibilities and aiming to be that manager. So yeah, you, things that will tie to Capricorn Moon is personal goals, father figure energy, direct and pragmatic about their emotions. You know, hard time. Like they can work through hard times. You know, and they need to constantly achieve and take on action. Like you, being a Capricorn Moon, you don't want to just hang up the gloves and say, "All right, I'm here now. This is it." Like you're so on that. You know, maybe at work you've hit the pinnacle, but it's time now to do something, have a new goal exercising or something else in your life that's constantly just pushing and pushing and pushing do you want to say anything else about the Capricorn moon no I think you covered it well yeah and then having your moon in the 10th house again think about the Capricorn energy yeah it suggests that you're most likely to be a workaholic you're career driven your emotional satisfaction is met through your career you know you it's a strong suggestion to be a, like a father energy to be a father and to be recognized with your public status daddy um, energy yeah very pretty much so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i feel like capricorn moon's 10th house energy is very to the point like i feel like they can make decisions that quite easily that someone else may struggle with because they'll just weigh up the cons and the pros of something and they'll just be like yep straight to the point this is what this is the decision that I'm making because this most benefits me or this business um better than this option um whereas someone may else may struggle and bring their feelings involved um I feel like a Capricorn moon is just going to use logic most of the time um what do you think yeah, just take take that step, take that lead. Yeah. Make that that decision as a manager or a leader. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna move on to the Aquarius moon. So they have a need to be humanitarian, they have a need to help others, they like to be socially significant, they're quite weird and detached. They may feel like they're weirdos inside and that nobody understands them and that they're unique. Um they identify very strongly with their friend group and they feel emotionally secure if they're a part of a friend group or a social group. Um, they often, you're, you're going to often find them a part of a big group of friends because that's where they feel most comfortable. Um, I know a lot of Aquarius moons um, and all of the, all of the aqua moons that I know, they're always a part of like either a cause or like, uh, a sports club or group or they have a massive friend group that they just go out with every single weekend um they like to feel like they're a part of something bigger than just themselves um they've always got about 50 friends um <laughs> and then the 11th house moon um they look to their close social circles for emotional um support and fulfillment um, because 11th house is um, your friendships. It's, it rules friendships and they feel a need to belong. They're very accepting of other people. Um, they may focus on humanitarian issues. They're more open-minded. They focus on the greater good for others, people, and they like to build bridges between people. They may rely on others for validation 
um, just because they are seeking that emotional and approval from other people. So they may just have a little bit of a focus on that. Um, but they are um, very focused on making sure that everybody is having a good time. Um, they like to make sure that everyone kind of agrees on the same thing to do. They're kind of the mediators of the friend group. They want to make sure that everyone's on the same page. Um, do you have something to add to that? No, you covered it pretty well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pisces moon. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it on. So the last sign of the Zodiac, Pisces. They're having your Pisces moon. It's in the water sign, so it's very emotional. So they argue that Pisces moons are the most sensitive and it suggests that they need to have their emotions recognized and expressed. So, you know, if you're someone that has a Pisces moon, the ideal partner, if you came home from work upset, that they would sit and listen and recognize your emotional feelings. And it's a very selfless um, placement to have your moon sign in. And, mm. um, you know, they, they are, again, very intuitive, the psychic qualities being that the Piscean last sign of the Zodiac, they're very creative and empathetic and they can struggle with boundaries. And um, having the 12th house moon, so the 12th house dealing with and ruling you know, addiction, spirituality, intuition. So someone having a 12th house moon, I would say that I find that if you have displacement, there's a, there's a strong focus that I think that you should have towards religion or spirituality or both, yeah, whatever you want to call it, whatever your beliefs are, to have a strong focus there because you have this deep, strong connection with the spirit world. And when you neglect that, I do find people that the 12th house moon that neglect this side of them, that they tend to be more addicts with drugs, with alcohol, with gambling and things like that, or they might be a bit more lost inside of the world. So if you have that 12th house moon, it's important to, I find personally that's important to be connected to the spirit world with mm. your religion or whatever spiritual beliefs that you have. And um, not only that, to have the greatest more notes on the 12th house moon, they're very creative. Um, they're very connected to divine and desiring to merge with the source, spiritual leadership qualities. You know, they're able to be in all realities at once, obviously, because they're connected to that. They're, they're very connected to that, the divine consciousness. Yeah, did you want to expand the Pisces moon or 12th house moon? I just feel like they may, because they are switched on psychically, they may take on other people's shit without meaning to. Like they have a lot of empathy, so they may just take on board like other people's negative energy without realising. So if you do have one of those placements, I would recommend to do some grounding and protective meditations just to protect yourself from other people's energy. You don't need to take that on board. Mm. And suck their mm. bad energy, their bad juju into mm. yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that's it. That's all we have for our moon podcast guys. Um, like and subscribe share our podcasts if you like them um leave a comment if you want us to make a podcast of a specific planet or placement or um, whatever you want to learn about in astrology we'll be happy to help and share our ideas and opinions
and follow us on Instagram and TikTok, please. Astrohose. I will leave some <laughs> links in the descriptions on YouTube or Spotify so you can find us. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Bye. Thanks, guys.